0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, April 8, 2020. Today we are reading from the big book, chapter seven, and we're on page 102, the first paragraph. Why sit with a long face? Today's readers are for the 12 steps, Terry H. For the 12 traditions, Maura Z. And reading the text are Leon B., Nancy P., and Liz V. The reference numbers for Tuesday, April 7, 2020 are for the 7 a.m., 14388. That's 14,388. And for the 10 a.m., are 14,389. That's 14389. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting to our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, and a vision for you, Big Book study. Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Terry H. to read the 12 steps.
1: Go ahead, Terry. You, Terry H. I'm from Pensacola, Florida. I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater through the grace of God. the exact nature of our wrongs. 6 were we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory and, and when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening at the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Okay, thank you so
0: much, Terry. And I will now ask Mora Z to read the 12 Traditions.
2: Thank you, Katie. Maura Zee, Recovering in Virginia, 12 Steps, excuse me, 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, the loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thankful to be able to do service.
0: Thank you, Maura. How our meeting works our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the Big Book on page 102, the first paragraph. I will ask Leon B. to begin reading.
3: Good morning. This is Leon B. Gratefully Recovered. Why sit with a long face in places where there is drinking, sighing about the good old days? If it is a happy occasion, try to increase the pleasure of those there. If a business occasion, go and attend to your business enthusiastically. If you are with a person who wants to eat in a bar, by all means, go along. Let your friends know they are not to change their habits on your account. At a proper time and place, explain to all your friends why alcohol disagrees with you. If you do this thoroughly, few people will ask you to drink. While you while you were drinking, you were withdrawing from life little by little. Now you are getting back into the into the social life of this world. Don't start to withdraw again just because your friends drink liquor. Um, you know, the first thing I, I thought of was the 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 line that stood out the most was while you were drinking, you were withdrawing from life little by little um and i'm not trying to say that we're different from alcohol but there is food everywhere (laughs) um and if you have true neutrality you you should be able to go anywhere and i mean anywhere and one of the biggest issues that i had uh, between my wife and i is is her culture because her culture is all about food she's from south america and everything, every function, life itself is built around food. And I used to blame her culture and her family and her friends. And you know, I would always blame them for my overeating. And I can't go anywhere because you guys are always shoving plates in, in my face. And one of the biggest fights that she and I would have was, would be centered around these family events or Really, a church events, because those were loaded with food on um, their their cultural foods, and they i mean the place would be just hum- humongously filled with all type meat it, it was just so much food, and I hated going around these functions one because I was disgusted with how I looked um and I did not want to to go I was always embarrassed, and she would always tell me. You look fine. Don't worry. And, but I, we would get into these arguments anyway. And two, I knew it was going to be an eating fast. You know, as, as soon as you get there, they're going to shove a plate in in front of your face. And no matter how many times you say no, my older sons and I, we would have a, a running bet to see how many times they're going to offer us food. And and you would probably get a, a plate shoved. It, there isn't There isn't what can I fix for you. It was... They put everything on the plate, and then they would give it to you, and they would do that at least five or six times from five or six different people. If you were walking around without a plate in your hand, and it made it very difficult to, to say no because you didn't want to be offensive. Let me tell you something. Once I came to the grips almost two years ago and came to the to the reality of my situation, I had no problem walking to those occasions and politely saying no thank you. I would probably probably say it about 20 to 25 times. But my wife, she was so happy that number one, I, I mean, well, I didn't look the way I looked anymore, so I, I had no problem going to these places. But internally, I knew that I could go and I could actually enjoy myself. I can actually enjoy her and I can actually enjoy her culture. And that just made Life, you talk about being plugged back in into the social life. For my wife, her culture and being around family was everything. Excuse me. And for many, many years, I neglected that part of our marriage and, and had her neglect that part of, of her life. And so she she has had Time, a – Time, please. I'm sorry. But Okay, I'll we'll pass for that. So go anywhere. <laughs> Thank you. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Leon B. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So, who would like to share on this first paragraph on page 102 why I sit with a long face? Sam S.
4: This is Larry Sam, K. K. Rita P. Larry K. That's w. w. Teresa P.
0: Beth W, Teresa P, Kim Jake, G. Kim J, G. Kim who C, Nancy P, I heard a C first, something C, okay, okay, Mag Meg who
5: D, Mag V,
0: Mag V, okay, so that's a good lineup. I have Sam S., Larry K, Reba P, Beth W, Teresa P, I think, Kim G, Nancy P, and Meg V. Go ahead, please, Sam S.
6: Good morning, and thank you. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, I've really been meditating a lot in these last couple of paragraphs and realizing that, um, just tethering back to an example, so my husband uh, has a social group, that parties over everything and it's like a chew and booze kind of group um all that all that they're doing is is that so you know for the first couple of years in program uh whenever I would be invited to go I would say like yeah, I'd rather do anything else like it was really I was very curt about it and it was you know I have programs to do I have all these things to do and like why would I want to go and, and blah, blah 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 and I don't eat this way um but when I would go I would have like three different roles I would either be like the the food judger the food critic interviewer, or I would sit there with a long face and be like huh, huh, the whole time, like a mopey zoo lion. And, you know, it hit me after a while of refusing that that was the service. My husband wanted me to go with him, which is such a gift, because I think there was definitely a time in our relationship where he didn't want me to be anywhere because I was such a downer. And so I would, I go there now or well, whatever this is, this virus is over. I go now with the intention of my service is to be a lovely wife to my husband, to go there and to, you know, represent our family, to be there, to be nice, um, to ask questions of people and just ask them how they're doing genuinely, um, to get away from the food table. I don't have to sit there or prove anything. Like I don't have to be a hero. And also something I've learned is You know, people don't have to change their habits. My husband can stay there until three in the morning. I don't have to. So I can bring my car with me. I can stay there for an hour, serve my purpose, which is to be of usefulness to my husband and to go there and represent. And then I can go home, get my jammy jam, read Harry Potter, do whatever I want to. But I can go to these places and really understand what my motive and purpose is. And I can be a lovely example of my higher power's will. And the first thing I do when I get into these places is I go into the, every single place is the cathedral called the bathroom, <laughs> and I pray for it. God, help me. Give me the strength because I never know what curveball is going to come, you know. So i uh, just really appreciative of these paragraphs and just knowing that I can depend on my higher power, and I can go and, and be a little less selfish. And sometimes that that, that comes to going to places and, and setting a boundary of how long I'm going to be there for. So thanks With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Sam and Larry K. You're up, followed by Reva P. Larry Starwine. Oh, there we go. And on the third There's day, go. Katie, God said, "Let yeah. let
7: them speak." <laughs> okay. Hey, uh, good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Larry K. recovered. Um, yeah, you know, I, I love that we study the text to get to the core to our core problem, which is. Um, Separation from our higher power, you know, lack of power was my dilemma. And, um, you know, you know, I, I when I think of this paragraph, abstinence is—it's it, just the abstinence only is just the froth on the cappuccino. I want to study the espresso underneath. We want to get down to causes and conditions, and you know, of this self-imposed barrier to access to power, and that's what we study. So this morning, you know, we read in the text that I should let my friends know that they're not—not not to change their eating habits on my account and um it's ironic i used to sort of uh, in a way early on unrecovered um i used to stand on ceremony when i was with family and friends uh on a on that diet going to meetings doing everything but the program of, of spiritual action to experience a change i would stand on ceremony in uh, very subtle ways and sometimes not so subtle ways you know um, I, I wanted to, in other words, I wanted to make sure that everyone knew about my dietary restrictions, don't you know, whether it's even in a subtle fashion, because it is all about me in that unrecovered state of being. My ego looms large. It, it was the, the ego run amok, right? You know, let everyone know, you know, that, that I'm, I'm doing this, and that's going to draw more attention to his majesty, the baby, Right. And and all the while, I'm still giving off a vibe of pretentiousness and anger, irritability, emotional detachment. You never knew what you were going to get with me. Of course, um, you know, perhaps my physical packaging became more attractive. I I was a diet's work for a time. Yet my my heart was still unattractive. See, and, and only an equally sick spiritual person admires an intellect. With little evidence of the heart, no compassion, no sustainable compassion. You know, we 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 don't respect an intellect, uh, and we no, nobody nobody on this line wants to know all the knowledge someone has if they don't if they don't suspect there's a heart there and a compassion and a kindness sustainable day after day by the grace of God, not by the grace of the person, right? And so um, I don't have to stand on ceremony anymore. You know, uh, nobody cares, really. I'm no less than any family member or friend, no better than. Uh nobody nobody comments anymore. It's pretty extraordinary, nor do I have any it's none of my business what they eat. I don't I don't judge. So um anyways, with that I pass. Thanks, Katie, for your service.
0: Thank you, Larry. And Reva P you're up, followed by Beth W.
8: Good morning. This is Reva P, Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. These paragraphs for me address the third part of the 12 steps, which is about practicing these principles in all my affairs. Um, And to me, it's about how do I live the life that God has recreated for me once I have the neutrality with the food. And, you know, this business of withdrawing... um, Even after I was abstinent and after I had the neutrality, the way I tended to withdraw was by cocooning myself all in program. And my life was meetings and program and calls and meetings. And my sponsor has reminded me more than once, um, you know, I heard the analogy, it's like a football game and the meetings and the step work and the whatever are like the huddle and I'm training. But then the whole point of the game is to actually get out of the huddle and play the game, and get out there and live life. And you know, I was withdrawing so much. um, And little by little, well, at the end of, you know, where I reached my bottom, a lot, a lot was I withdrawing, like my life was my food and and my apartment um, with the shades closed, doors closed. So this is teaching me how do I get back into life. And it talks about motives and being useful. And like other people have shared, I've learned through the steps that sometimes being useful is going somewhere because my husband wants to go. Yes, I plan and organize um, and think ahead about the food to ensure I have what I need and things are, are you know, right with my food, but I go because it's important to my husband to a social event because I'm getting back into the social life. I had a living problem, not a food problem, and I really didn't know and sometimes don't know how to live. And you know what? sometimes being useful is increasing the pleasure of those around. Like God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free How do I enjoy myself at a party? Like that's a whole new learning Um, because the whole thing is about focusing on others. Um, Yeah, how am I contributing at a business event? Um, And it's taken a real time and sometimes I joke, you know, I'm not even sure how to have fun. I was so busy binging my brains out, you know, how to have fun in a balanced, healthy way. Um, So thank you, God, for these clear-cut instructions and yeah, we get to get out there And play the game and and enjoy ourselves um, without focusing on food and white knuckled abstinence. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Reba. Okay, Beth W., you're up, followed by Teresa
9: P. Hi, good morning. This is Beth W., a recovered compulsive overeater from North Dakota. Uh, Thank you for calling on me, and thank you for your service this morning. what I uh, hear and from other shares and when I read in these words is that it's not about um, my addiction or my food or my the alcohol or whatever the word is you want to put in that place. It's about the people in my world. This is about uh, refocusing uh, and reconnecting with all those people around me, my family, my friends, my coworkers, that I neglected because I was so into self. Um, I am, by my very nature, self-seeking and self-centered and afraid. And so to be in any of those places where people congregated, I needed a crutch. I needed something that would make me feel more comfortable so that I didn't have to have a conversation or um, engage with the people around me. But it's as, and, I was, and I was withdrawing from life. So I pretty much, um, after moving to North Dakota and knowing nobody, just stayed in my house and continued to know nobody. Um, and I'm grateful to, um, to this program of Overeaters Anonymous and um, what I've learned through the steps that I don't have to live like that. I can go anywhere and be with people and enjoy their company and that the um, – that the menu is not the focus of my gathering, Um, that the people I'm getting together with or having to my home are the reason that I gather. It's the conversation and the camaraderie that are the point, um, the friends. And I'm so grateful that um, I'm getting out into the social life of this world. And that's what I would share with a a newcomer or a – uh, that's the hope and the promise of this of this section of the book is that this is something to look forward
2: to, and I'm so grateful that that promise is coming true. And I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Beth, and um, Teresa P. You're up, followed by Kim G.
4: Hi, I'm Teresa P., a recovered compulsive overeater, and uh, grateful again for another wonderful meeting. And uh, yeah, this this is this is me withdrawing from life. Well, withdrawn from life, and and I withdrew from life uh, farther back than I can remember. Life was obviously too painful, so I just wasn't there. And uh, you know, it was always about the food, and you know, I didn't know how to connect with people, and and just continue that through my through my life, and wondering what was wrong. And I remember. You know, just I just, how do people do life? You know, and I thought people knew how they, how these people, they all know how to do it, but I'm the only one that doesn't know. And, and you know, and, and it's just, I mean, they not being with my family and not eating and, well, excuse me, uh, not being with family and eating. They would go to, you know, go out there, they were doing these little go kart things, you know, the motorcycle things or whatever. And I'd stay home and, and, you know, bake something. And then they would do things on weekends. And I spent weekends baking. And uh, you know, and then not home, not knowing how to connect with my children. Even I had four kids, and you know, how do you? I remember looking at my daughter, going, you know, when she was one year old. I go, what do you do with a baby? I don't know. And you know, and I just I didn't know. And uh, and uh, so what I have and have had all my life is a living problem. And today I get to at seventy years old, I get to you know, live life more, and uh, t- today with that program, I mean, I'm so glad we brought this up, is because uh, I'm here with my husband, and we're home together, and uh, we've uh, been uh, working on our kindness and courtesy for a couple of years, and kindness, courtesy, and loving tenderness, and, and it gets to take on a whole new meaning, and you know, and sometimes he's just I find him so irritable. I'm just like, oh, there he is. He's doing that again. And and, and I get to remember that's he's been doing that for almost 50 years. <laughs> that's what he does. And 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 things like, you know, just doing something because he wants to do it. You know, I don't have to feel comfortable. I just get to it, but, I, but I feel uncomfortable and, and I just get to feel uncomfortable. And, you know, and then to see him smiling, whatnot. I mean, this um, in the last couple of months, he's he always wanted this talk about this French bulldog. Well, actually, you know, God provided that, so He provided him with a free one. And and um, and you know, and I I just you know get to step back and watch him enjoy that, and I think it's part of the cause of my lungs are getting activated, and I'm having trouble with them. And but I don't know for sure. And so you know, I don't have to bring it up. I can do things like well, it's just you know, wash the dog beds more, you know, clean house a little more or whatever and and just um focus on, you know, what I can do to make things enjoyable and, and just like even looking in little dog's eyes and, you know, they, they talk with their eyes. People talk with their eyes. I never saw these things before. I spent all my time looking at my shoes. You know, to the people. And uh thank you so much for letting me share. And so today I get to be more a part of life than I ever have been. Have a great day. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Teresa. Okay, Kim G., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G., and I've been
10: recovered since January 2011. And, you know, if I had to to summarize this paragraph in two words, I would just say don't settle. Don't settle. You know, I think of that line from Bill's story, food is my master. And what I saw through my step work is that food was my master when I was abstinent as much as when I was eating. You know, that I isolated myself in my disease, and I would isolate myself in my abstinence when I wasn't working the steps. You know, I think of that tradition, Program of Attraction, and what I thought that was, you know, I, ha- I was an obese woman, and I bought, lost the weight, I bought blonde hair, I bought blue eyes, and I remember even crying the first time I heard someone describe me as the thin blonde in the corner. You know, we say we're not a diet and calorie club, but yet isn't that often how we behave? You know, I, I, I remember hearing someone share in a meeting that she was recovered, but she had a box in her house that had a padlock on it with her husband only had the key for because that was the food that her family would eat that she couldn't eat. That's not freedom. What I want is I want freedom. That's what this program offers us. Don't settle for anything less. You know, I, I remember, I'm an exercise bulimic, and I used to run this, this place, Cooper River, and it was penance for the binges that I wanted to do or the binges that I did. And I remember after working through these steps and running this, this, this uh, area and, think, and just stopping and going, oh, my God, there's a playground. Oh, my God, there's people having picnics. Because I, I was so blinded in my recovery and just being a diet that I didn't see the world around me. You know, I I remember asking after I recovered somebody if ice cream went bad because I had it in my house in Christmas and I was going to serve it again in April, but I didn't know how to handle leftovers because the freedom was it could just be in my house and it didn't bother me. I remember being at a meeting where we used to have cookies all the time and people were complaining they were losing weight and someone saying to me, put the cookies near Kim where they know they're going to be safe. There's a local couple in my town that has an ice cream shop. I love taking my parents there to support that business because the ice cream doesn't torture me. So what I want to say is don't settle. Those, OA, those 10-step promises have come true in my life and has come true for thousands and thousands of recovering compulsive overeaters. When we talk about the daily reprieve, I feel like many ways in OA and other 12-star programs, we say that's about one day at a time, white-muckling our food. If we can just do enough tools and do enough meetings and do enough this and that, we can go to bed after it, and that's a good day. No, the daily reprieve means that I live in neutrality. I feel safe and protected. I am not cocky or afraid, and that is achievable by anyone. You do not need to live in bondage of the food. And you don't need to live in bondage of abstinence. Freedom is what the 12 steps gives us. Bondage is what abstinence only promises us.
0: And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Nancy P. You're up, followed by Meg V. Then we'll open it up again.
11: Hi. Good morning. This is Nancy P. Calling from West Newton, Massachusetts. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I would I agree 100% with what Kim said and and the only thing that I have to say that's a little different is in my my own personal experiences um you know I was thinking about what does it mean to just let people be However they want, and i'm going to be however I need to be and i um when my kids were little they're now nineteen and eighteen, but when they were little, I wanted to be like a um a fifties mom you know I wanted to have cookies for them for snack, and I wanted to pack perfect lunches and I wanted to have dessert and you know and um I did all that um and but but my motives were not pure let's say that and um you know it's sort of like look what I made when nobody asked and um and and today I can say um today I, I don't have any of that I still um cook and bake like a maniac I do all of that stuff and um but once my kids like my son's gone off well he's home now but once he went off to college and you know my daughter um started separating from us you know going out with her friends and stuff then there wasn't so much need to do all that especially the baking and I thought to myself well wait a minute I'm like you know I'm this unbelievable cook I have a great reputation in the PTA and you know all that I was asked to do all this you know cooking for fundraisers and all that and I thought you know what am I going to do and today I don't unless I'm asked I don't do anything and nobody died And, um, you know, a friend asked me to go for tea, you know, at the Boston Public Library, an old historic building. And I said, I would love to go with you. Would you be embarrassed if I asked what some of the dishes contain? You know, because I didn't want her to be, um, you know, rolling her eyes when I had to make sure that there was stuff there that I could eat. And she said, no, absolutely not. And and that was all. You know, she she knows what I do and all my friends – they don't expect me to um participate in any way unless unless it's necessary and I can say that um you know I do go in and i go go everywhere and the the what I do for myself i just said in, in the very beginning when I first started um w- doing this work with my sponsor. I, it was in December, and I said, oh, my God, the holidays, you know. And I wasn't afraid, but I made a decision to, no matter what, where we were going or what the party was or what time or anything like that, that I was going to eat, brush, and floss my teeth before I went. And that was just what I decided for myself because I didn't want to be bringing my food. I didn't want to be different. I wanted to just let go of everything. And I can happily say that not only have I not ever eaten at any function, um, I don't even remember what was served because I'm concentrating on the people. And, um, and I don't hesitate to go anywhere. And in fact, I do go everywhere. And I don't sit in my house anymore. I, um, well, I do now, but <laughs> it's all contradiction here. But, um, you know, I, I live life to the fullest and I time get invited please. to places. Thank you. And, um, and, I, and I have a great life. So with that, I'll pass.
12: Thank you for letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Mag V, it's your turn hi this is meg d d as in duck i'm from rhode island and um i wanted to share today because this is one of my favorite favorite sections of the book besides this sentence it works it really does because for me i had spent years and years and years and years of getting on a strict diet i could only have this or that or the other thing and then further and further isolation This was really the crux of the problem for me, and the real true joy of OA was that you could go anywhere, you could be with anyone, and you could not have to be busily pleasing everyone else. You could be a part of life. And for me, as for with my friends, well, and my family, well, you know, they were used to me going on some kind of serious Diet, And by the way, why would they believe me? Because I had done it again and again and again. And yet with the OA, I don't even have to say anything. I can just go and be a part. And then if and when people ask me, I can tell them what I'm doing and how it's working for me. But I don't have to go out there and say, Thou shalt not have this, thou shalt not have that around me. Oh, no, no. Also, I don't have to be serious and strict and always on a plan or this or that or checking off or doing that. I can have my food plan, have what I'm going to eat and how I'm going to do that, but it's not the main focus. I can be out there enjoying and being part of things. And it kind of takes my husband and the rest, everybody else, off the hook because it was never their problem anyway. And for me, I would be continually finding a way. You didn't have that, you didn't have this. My favorite one was I have to eat by said time, whatever it is. So we have to rearrange our entire schedule around that. Now, today, sure, I have my plan of eating and all of that but I don't have to I don't have to put that on everyone else so for me this is one of my very very favorite sections of the book and for me in my life and my family I'm sure they would agree that's the truly the good news of OA is by following this and doing the steps I can be a part of life joyously and all of that so with that I pass thank you
0: Okay, thank you, Meg V. And so um, here we are. If you've just joined us in the last few minutes, we're on page 102, the first paragraph Why Sit with a Long Face. And um, again, if you have not um, shared in the last three days, we welcome your share.
6: Tamara, Melissa Nate, in Boston,
0: Boston. Nessa R. Wendy, uh, Tamara, Nessa, Barbara, Rosie. Barbara. Barbara. Melissa, and you, Boston. Barbara. Okay, Nessa Wendy? R, Okay, Wendy. I'm sorry. I'm the second lineup is always harder to get down for some reason. So, I think I have was it Tamara? Um and then Nessa R, Barbara E, and Wendy, can you give me the initial of your last name, Wendy? M like Mary. Okay. And then who else Rosie? would like to share? Rosie? Melissa Rosie and
1: Melissa.
0: Yes. Are we okay, on paragraph that, one or two? I'm sorry. Well, on paragraph one, that goes that starts with why sit with a long face. Thank you. Okay, so I have camera or Tamar, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I didn't finish writing it. I think it's Tamar now that I'm hearing it. Nessa R, Barbara E. Wendy M, Rosie and Melissa from Boston. And so, Tamar, please go first, or please clarify your name.
13: Hi, Katie. It's Tamara, like Tamara with
0: a okay. T. okay, thank you okay
13: go ahead. It's Tamara c in South Carolina uh compulsive either okay. I' apologize I'm walking from so which sound a little funny, but um, I just wanted to give some feedback because uh you know we're in the chapter working with others, and i I am one of those others. <laughs> Um, As a newcomer and somebody working on their recovery, I just have to share that this week has been so inspirational to me, Um, and a lot of what's being said in this chapter, I feel like, um, you know, you all have been offering me so many promises, not to mention distinguishing between um, neutrality and abstinence. Um, The promise of neutrality for me is everything, Um, and not just that, but what we're talking about today in terms of being able to be a part of life, um, getting my face and my head out of the food and into the people and into being a contributor in the community and society, which you all have been telling me and helped me to see. It's really my heart's desire. You know, it's really what I've always wanted was that connection, is that intimacy, is that, you know, it's what I've been hungering for this whole time and just don't know how to find it and literally did not know what was blocking me. I didn't realize that having my face in the food and my mind in the food, regardless of whether or not my face was in it, my mind was there. And still is there. Um, But to hear all of you this week talking about neutrality and living a life based on others um, has really been a big inspiration for me. Um, So all of the hope and the experience that you guys have been sharing this week um, in this chapter has meant so much for my recovery. And somebody mentioned it works. It really works. Um, this working with others works. It really works. And one day at a time, I'm hearing these messages. And if only for a few hours, (laughs) I feel so much more hope about this program and this process of recovery. And I'm so inspired to keep moving on. um, Even when it's really uncomfortable, Uh, struggling with my own head has been super uncomfortable um, but I'm so grateful that you all are there, um, sharing your, your experience, your strength and your hope. Um, I just wanted to tell you, uh, you all are working with others and, uh, that includes me. And I, I just, uh, have a lot of gratitude for that. So thanks for letting me share this morning. Have a
0: great day. Thank you, Tamara. Okay, Nessa R., it's your turn, followed by Barbara E. Thank you. Good morning,
5: Vision, for you. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive
0: overeater
5: in Toronto, Canada. Um, for me, recovery is not necessarily about freedom, but it starts with freedom. Um, not only freedom, but peace of mind. Um, You know, freedom is defined as the absence of subjugation, the state of not being imprisoned or enslaved. And so if I'm still obsessing um, over everything that goes into my mouth or doesn't go into my mouth, if I don't have peace of mind around the food, um, I won't be able to fulfill the mission of the program, which is to serve God and help others. because I'm so uh, wrapped up in myself, I'm so self-focused on what I need or what I want or how deprived I am, how hard done by I am, you know, that there's no room for me to focus on on anybody else. Um, and it says on page 19, which is one of my favorite quotes in the big book, and it says, um the uh, elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. It says, a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. Um, And this is why I need that freedom and that peace of mind so that I can demonstrate these principles. What are these principles? You know, the way of living, the design of living uh, embodied in the 12 steps, the living of a God-centered life which enables me to um, focus on others instead of focusing on myself. Um, if I am still, sorry, if I am still obsessed with the food, uh, I cannot do any of that. Um, so, you know, for those who, who are still stuck there, uh, where I was actually for many, many years, even in the room, even when I was abstinent, um, you know, uh, I was still obsessed with, like, the so-called, you know, abstinence foods and when my next meal was going to be, if, if I'm still stuck in that place, then there's something I'm not doing. Um, there's, I'm not either working the steps at all or I'm not working them properly because the result of working the steps in the entire abstinence is, is, is freedom from self-obsession, freedom, not only freedom from obsession with the food, but freedom from self-obsession for the most part, I mean, this is where it says reclaim uh, spiritual progress rather than spiritual perception. Um, but I can focus on what's needed of me instead of, instead of focusing on what I need. And so wherever I go, whether it's in my home, in my work, at the supermarket, at a party, at a wedding, whatever it is, I can focus, okay, how can I contribute here? Or even at a meeting like this, how can I contribute here? Thank you. Instead of what am I getting out of it? And um, that I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Nessa. Okay, Barbara E., you're up, followed by Wendy M.
14: Good morning, everyone, and it's so exciting to be back, uh, listening to and talking on the program. Though I do find that if I listen more and talk less, I learned more, and I came into the program in 1996. Before I came in, I was losing the weight, white-knuckle abstinence, angry at you for all the foods you could eat, and then going home and really wanting to ravage my refrigerator. After I got to OA, I went to events. I always packed little Ziploc bags of veggies in my pocketbook in case there wasn't enough. And I made sure that I that no one needed to change what they ate for me, and they didn't, because the world didn't revolve around me. The world revolves around everyone, and I found. This is just personal to me, that when I started to have hope in this program, something changed in me. And if you look at the word hope and look at the first initials in each of the, these words, H, heart, O, open, P, please, E, enter. And that's what happened. I had hope. I didn't have to place myself, I did it wisely, but I didn't have to place myself at the far end of the table where only the crudités, none of the other sexy stuff, might force my hand to suddenly detach and reach out for it. And then I learned another thing, that I didn't have to say, no, I don't want it, I'm on a program. I just simply found that no, thank you, it's beautiful, but no, thank you, I'm so full, was fine. And if I needed to, I could say, you know what, I think I'll bring a piece home for later. And really and truly bring it home for my husband later and not worry. And this house looks like a candy store now, and it's beautiful, and it's not mine And I don't care that it's there. And my husband and my son eat entirely differently than I do. I make my own food very often because they're eating products that I've chosen. I've chosen to eliminate from my food plan. And I don't hold them with malice. I don't look at them with judgment. They're walking their own paths in life. And I'm walking mine. I just wish that I had found O.A. and this beautiful program while they were still youngsters. Because now that they're both in their late 40s, early 50s, they are morbidly obese. They learned their we- lesson well from their mother. They knew Time that Oh, thank you. Well, that was a perfect way to end anyway. This is a program of hope. Heart open. Please enter. Don't give up on yourself. You're not junk. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Barbara. Wendy M., it's your turn, followed by Rosie. Good morning. Thank you.
15: I'm Wendy M., a recovered compulsive overeater in Raleigh, North Carolina. And um, I love this chapter, working with others. It has um, been a guide for me as a sponsor, but also when it comes to working with others, that are not in program, and the sentence that sticks out to me today is, at a proper time and place, explain to all your friends why alcohol disagrees with you, and when I first um, came into the program, and I hadn't read the first 164 pages, and I hadn't worked the steps, I was like an evangelist. I wanted to tell everyone about this program, and I would get these looks. Like deer in headlights looks, and people weren't anywhere near as interested as I thought they should be, or they would be. And then I work the steps, and I've become, you know, a, a guide for others um, as well, and get to know these first 164 pages better and better every day. And um, I can see that at a proper time in, in place explain to all your friends. And, um, I have my binge buddy. Um, we started binging together in the seventh grade and it continued until our early forties and she doesn't live in the same city as me. And so I didn't tell her right away. Um, but the first time I saw her, we met together for a concert and, um, We had to get a hotel room for the concert, and afterwards we get back to the hotel, and she goes straight for the snacks um, beside the hotel desk like we always did, and is just getting as much as she possibly can, and she looked at me like a deer in headlights, like, why aren't you doing this? Um, And at that point, I had started working the steps and become neutral around food. I still didn't tell her about the program. Um, God did provide a proper time and place for me to tell her about the program months later, and she is so respectful and so kind, and she doesn't need to be because I'm neutral around the food. Um, I also have a friend who had surgery, and she's back in the food and gaining the weight back, Um, but I know that God's going to provide a proper time and place for me to tell her why alcohol disagrees with me um which my experience may also help her but I don't have to live in worry every day because I'm I'm working the steps and I don't have to try to control or take over that um and it's really
0: all that's coming to me right now so thank you I pass Thank you Wendy okay we have um three minutes left and two people. So Rosie, go ahead. And I'm I'm sorry, but Melissa from Boston, you'll have to wait till the second hour. I hope you can hang around for that. Go ahead, please, Rosie. Star one,
10: Rosie.
6: Hello? Hello, hi, there you are. A, okay,
12: hi, this is Rosie from Kentucky. I'm very grateful for all of you for your service and your sharing, and I'm most grateful for the big book and the 12 steps so that I could learn how to do this. In working the steps, um, step 12 is having that a spiritual awakening. As a result of working the steps, I did find food neutrality and neutrality around food as well as behaviors, and I find that as long as I'm spiritually fit, I can go anywhere. When I struggle, it's because I have not taken time with my higher power, who I choose to call God, to connect and really find out how I can be of service to my higher power. That's all I have. Thanks so much for letting me share. Okay,
0: Rosie. Well, thank you. And so now we do have a minute and a half left for Melissa from Boston. Star one, please, Melissa. Hey, sorry, Melissa, compulsive overeater in Boston, grace of God,
16: um, just celebrated 19 years of back-to-back abstinence. And first year in program, I did have to definitely curb places where I went because it was just, you know, um, I just I just needed to, my, my biggest focus was just stay abstinent. But eventually, I get the neutrality around food, and um, I love that phrase, what can you bring? With somebody with so much social anxiety, it's like oh, I'm awful at like witty banner, but my sponsor is often reminding me when going into a social situation, it's just like, just the mindset, what can you bring, and sometimes it's a a smile and a nod and like a little laughter, you know, so um, I love that, and I also love that I can get out on the dance floor, and I can dance and have fun, and I've often had people say to me, oh, and, and you don't drink, and you can like get out on the dance floor, I'm like, yep, you know, and it's just like that. I think I've planted the seed on many occasions to people that like, wow, you can actually be sober and, and dance. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, grateful that I continue to work this program one day at a time and stay sober and stay abstinent. Thanks, Melissa recovered in Boston.
0: Thank you so much. Right on the money. 755. Okay. And thank you to everyone who shared this morning and please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, April 8th, 7 a.m. meeting is 14397. That's 14,397. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Nancy P. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive
11: Hi, good morning. This is Nancy P. calling from West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.